0: NHL historian Dave Stubbs joins us now to talk about the career of Stan Mikita. Good morning, Dave.
1: Good morning, Steve. I'm surprised you didn't put the ball over your house with that stick.
0: You know, I, I tried to, just to explain, I tried to shoot north, and it went east. Uh, like, it was crazy. And, and for years, I just kept it in the garage, because it was really, you couldn't play with it. You, you didn't want to touch it. And, well, and, no, you
1: didn't. Of course not. I mean, it reminded me of the first sort of that I got wasn't an NHL player's stick it was one that my dad got for me I actually won it at a promotion at a a Mercury dealership in 1967 and uh, Gordie Howe was there doing a promotion and they had a board up in front of the net of course this was done so that the kid would uh, would score he could not fail to score right the entire bottom of the board was cut open so the last thing you want to do was send the kid home crying when you want the father to buy a car so anyway uh, I, I won a stick and Gordy signed it and I took it home and I, I played it down to a toothpick on the road and then my dad backed over it with a car and smashed it into splinters. So there you go. Happens to all of these things. They all disappear when you should have kept them and put them away and That's somewhere. why they're worth a million bucks when you see them on the market now because there are none of them left. Yeah, I want to find my cards. I want to know where my cards are. My so, mom threw all mine out. She said they were getting old and mildewy in the basement.
0: Yeah, mine disappeared, I think, on one of my moves to university. You know, all of my stuff went with it. Uh, <laughs> I was trying to think about where 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 I placed Stan Mikita and, and sort of compartmentalize the career that he had. And I know how much you think of Jean Beliveau. And I'm thinking of the 1960s. Stan Mikita was first all-star at center six of the ten years in an NHL that has Jean Beliveau in his prime. Yeah. That, to me, says... I, I don't know if I can come up with a second sentence after that.
1: You're right, Steve. I mean, this is the guy who won the the Ross, the Hart, and the Lady Bing. Um, in consecutive years the first time ever anyone had ever won those three trophies and this is a guy who reinvented himself that's the thing that most impresses me about Stan Makita is the fact that he went from being a quasi goon I mean like a, a lot of them were, were sort of chippy penalties but I mean he spent a, it was he spent 154 or less minutes in the penalty box in 64 65 and two years later he spends 12 minutes in and he's winning the lady Bing trophy for the first of two years so like I mean it's ridiculous I mean the fact that uh, the story that I like is that his his daughter, Meg, uh, was watching TV one day. and I, I, was hope, she, I was hoping you would tell this one. Yeah, I mean, she's watching television, and she says, Daddy, I see Kenny Warham and Bobby Hull and all these guys out on the ice, and I see you sitting by yourself in the bench. Like, why are you doing that? And, you know, out of the mouths of babes, right? I mean, here's this, Stan Makita's daughter is saying, like, why are you spending all this time in the penalty box? And it occurred to Stan that he was going to be much more used to the Blackhawks on the ice than he was in the penalty box. I think Billy Ray had that conversation with him. Uh, Dave Keon told me yesterday that... um uh, Stan Makita, against whom uh, Dave had played in Major Junior in Toronto. Dave was St. Mike's and uh, Stan on the St. Catharines Teepees. He said we played against each other uh, and we played each other hard. Uh, I didn't like him. I don't think he particularly liked me. And I carried over to the NHL. There was enormous respect between the two. But these were two guys who, who played uh, when Stan was playing within the rules. I mean, these two guys were were getting less penalties than you know anybody out there. But the fact that these guys were were against one another, Dave said. I that Stan arrived with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, and I laughed, and I said, that's sort of like saying that Wayne Gretzky had a bit of talent. I mean, like, uh, yeah, th- there was a, a two-by-four on on the Stan Mikita's shoulder, and he went into the corners, and if you came out uh, with the puck, you probably were doing so with bruised ribs because you were not going to do it lightly. And um, I was uh, w- I was one of the players I was speaking with yesterday. Uh, it would have been, was it uh, was it Dave I spoke with? He, he said that he, he was reminded uh, very much of what of, of would have been. No, it was Ivan Cornway. He said it was like Ted Lindsay. Uh, reminded him much the same way. These two guys, they they were absolutely fierce, ferocious competitors, and you were not going to get into the corners uh, without paying the price to come out with a puck. One of the things
0: with Makita that I always think about is, not only was he a scoring champion, not only was he an all-star, only, but he was sort of the signature of the Chicago Blackhawks. Bobby Hull left, other people came and went. Stan Mikita was there for his 21 years, and he was there for virtually every year after that. Every time I went into Chicago, especially in the old stadium in that old press box, he'd be in there, and he'd be cracking jokes, or he'd be pulling pranks, or he'd be doing something um, you know, to, to get you going. He, he just never seemed to leave or stop being a Blackhawk.
1: 1,394 games all with the Blackhawks, 155 playoff games all with the Blackhawks. The interesting thing is, is that for a time, Steve, uh, as you know, uh, some of these these legends of the Blackhawks felt that they had been cast aside. They felt a little bit like the dishwater that was being tossed out. And it was because of management, because of neglect, because of a whole lot of different things. But when Rocky Wirtz took control of the team and installed John McDonough in the president's office, the Blackhawks understood that they needed uh, a thread to connect uh, the great teams of the past of the Blackhawks. Uh, and, and let's face it, uh, Glenn Hall and Bobby Hall and Stan Makita brought these guys out of the NHL uh, wasteland, if you will. It was 1938 that they had won the Stanley Cup, and they didn't win again until 1961 with those three guys basically quarterbacking what was going on. When Rocky Words took control of the team and McDonough came in, uh, the first thing that McDonough did, arriving from the Cubs, he said, "We've got to be embracing these legends," and they opened their arms and they brought these guys back in. So while Stan Makita, in the last years of his life, was not able to get out and do his his ambassador duties, wasn't able to be out with the public and all the things that the Blackhawks do in the community, he very much was embraced as a member of that ambassador crew. And uh, today. It's Bobby Hall and Danny Savard and Chris Chelios is there and Tony Esposito. But Stan was very much part of that. But you're right. I mean he was he was there. Whenever he whenever he was there and felt welcome to be there, Stan would be around that hockey team and that's why he will be revered forever as a member and you're right, as a face of the Blackhawks or the teams that he played on and beyond.
0: Talking with NHL historian Dave Stubbs, uh, when when uh, we talk in Toronto so much about the Last Leaf Stanley Cup and the fork Cups won in the sixties because, frankly, that's all we have to talk about when it comes to championships. You know, it's not like you guys—not like a, you guys in Montreal—that can. You know, I know, <laughs> it's going to happen eventually. But my point, my point is, in the sixties, while the Leafs are winning those four Stanley Cups, you can make an argument that on paper, the Chicago Blackhawks had a better team. The Leafs had no one to compare to Makita. Keon was good. Makita was better. The Leafs had no one to compare to Hull. Mahovlich was good. Hull was better. You know, Glenn Hull was the goalie as, as good as Johnny Bauer was. I think Glenn Hull was better. But come playoff time, the Leafs found a way. And for whatever reason, the Blackhawks couldn't.
1: And Bobby Hall has said that in 1961, he felt that was going to be the first of a long string of Blackhawks championships. And he was so confident about that that it occurred to him that he never took a drink out out of the Stanley Cup. Bobby Hull never, since then, he probably has at various functions. When the Blackhawks have won the Cup a number of times in recent years, he probably has been at parties and has enjoyed that that privilege. But he did not do that that night. And it, it cuts to what you say. I mean, this was a team that on paper, I mean, looked like they should have been one of the runs. They should have had a dynasty in the, in the 60s. But the Maple Leafs, those three in a row, uh, got it done. And then, of course, the Canadians won it in 64-65, where Jean Belleville famously wrote in his autobiography, we're glad that our five-year Road has ended. And I know it was a different time, but you, there's now an entire generation of Montreal Canadiens hockey fans who have not seen this team in a Stanley Cup final, no less, win the Cup. It's been since 93 that they've done that. But I laughed yesterday going through some of the pictures. I mean, there was a photo that I tweeted of Stan Makita's stick, uh, and I've joked that he would never go hungry because if he didn't have a spoon, he could have used his stick to eat soup. Um, you compare it to a banana blade, Ivan Kornway, has called it a boomerang. Um, you looked at this thing, it, it was ludicrous. Uh, and, and you look at you know, the stick that Makita would have used, and as I was talking with Kornway, he said, well, there's no way that, that Stan could take a backhand. And Dave Keon kind of said, well, you know what? He didn't necessarily have to, but he knew how to pass the puck off the heel of his stick. And you imagine having that kind of dexterity at, at speed uh, in, an, in an NHL where you're playing the same teams 14 times a year. And there are some very bitter rivalries that are formed, and guys basically want to take your head off. And Makita was passing the puck not off the blade of a stick, but off the heel of a stick and being a playmaker. So uh, amazing, amazing stories that these guys are telling and remembering about Stan. I mean, he truly was one of the originals. And, uh, you know, what he brought to the game and then what he brought to the community of Chicago and beyond past that. I mean, as, as a revered member of this of this organization, has been very, very special to hear from some of his uh, former uh, teammates and opponents of last Day.
0: So trying to be as objective as possible. I think, I think we put Gretzky and Lemieux right at the top of NHL centers. Uh, the best we've ever seen. And then you get into Beliveau and Crosby. Uh, and right after that, I, I think we're talking, that's where Makita comes in.
1: I think you're right, and it was funny. I think Butch Goring had a tweet, was it yesterday, or maybe this morning, he talked about him, and he said, I learned so much about the position of center from this guy, he said, I don't think I won one single draw from him ever. And, um, yeah, again, you just even look at you look at the technology, Steve, right, of how the game has changed, how how sticks and, and, and how the, the temperances of sticks have changed. These guys were using these big, heavy slabs of lumber. I mean, they were basically trees with, with the bark shaved off them. Uh, you know, to see these guys be able to handle the stick and win face-offs and, and be playmakers like they were uh, was amazing. But, no, I do, I do not disagree with you. Stan Makita is one of the, in the handful of the top centermen, I think, in NHL history. Uh, just you look at his statistics alone, uh, you know, winning the trophies, uh, twice winning the heart, twice winning the Bing, four times winning the Art Ross. Uh, he's, he's an all-star eight times. Um, and, you know, playing on some teams, that were not tremendous teams that should have been, that should have been winning more than they did. But still, I mean, to be doing this uh, night in, night out on those hockey teams uh, in the original six NHL, I think uh, really speaks to the quality of a man that he was on the ice. And, and I, I've always had
0: an affection for Glenn Hall and how he played the game and, and just in terms of talking to him and such a nice, gentle man and he has a wonderful perspective on things. And and I heard this from him yesterday, and I don't know if you talked to him or not, but, but he said that sometimes you, you you're sad when one of your teammates or one of your colleagues or someone you know passes away because you know it's the end of an era or that kind of thing. But because Stan Makita had dementia and has been out of it now for a couple of years, he said that this you know it it was time and this is this was good that he that he went.
1: I think that's true. Bobby Hull said the same thing last night. I saw a little uh, video clip of Bobby last night, and he said uh, as well that, um, you know, as, as difficult as it is to lose a friend and a teammate and, and really a, a blood brother, uh, what you are what you are losing is, is also compensated for a little in that uh, his wife and family, grandchildren, kids can kind of now pick up and move on with their lives, because uh, Stan's wife, Jill, uh, Glenn, by the way, was the best man at uh, the wedding, and I tweeted a picture last night that Glenn's son sent to me at of Glenn's personal collection. Mike Ditka was in the wedding party, and you see him on the left. It's just a tremendous photograph. Um, Isn't that a timepiece just by itself? Yeah. I mean,
0: things don't happen like that anymore. Tavares just got married, I think, on Saturday, but we don't even know who, who was involved. And in those days, you've got Glenn Hall in the wedding party of Makita with, with Mike Ditka there.
1: Well, a great story about Stan and his and his his wife is that they met in '62, and uh, Jill was working as a secretary for a congressman in Illinois, and they were introduced by a mutual friend, and they saw each other a couple times. Anyway, Jill winds up going to Washington. Stan gets invited to a party somewhere in Washington, a political party. He decides he's gonna. He's she's kind of dropped a hint that she likes a certain cut of diamond, so Stan picks up on it, goes out and buys a ring, guesses her ring size, gets it right, goes to this party in Washington, and they're sitting around and waiting, and as just a typical political party it goes until three o'clock in the morning stan finally gets up and he's, he's tired he wants to go back to his hotel he basically puts the ring on the table says to jill here you go here's a ring you want to get married here you go if not i'm leaving i'm going back to the hotel so he turns on a seal. he's about to leave and she says well i'm not so sure and that stops stan makita who's you know a man's man in those days and it stops him in his tracks and she says well yeah maybe we should get engaged and they did and so uh, glenn said he was absolutely honored to stand up and um be best man and I said Glenn like you're you're a, I talked with him yesterday at length and he, I said you're a practical joker you're a guy who loves a gag did you pull anything and it was almost ruefully that he said no you know what I didn't he said in those days but now he's thinking and and I know that Glenn Hall's wheels are still turning this morning trying to think of the prank that those guys could have played on Stan Makita I'm sure it would have involved curved hockey sticks and equipment and and jock straps filled with absorbine junior and god knows what else they would have done but I'm sure they would have had a great time on the wedding night
0: Dave, thanks so much for this today. Really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure, Steve. Take care.
0: It's Dave Stubbs talking about Stan Makita. If you never got a chance to see him play, then I feel sorry for you today.